everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message that we've heard from Him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture and we dive into 1 John in this episode. And I think we actually may do a couple episodes on 1 John. There's just so much truth in this tiny little book in the New Testament. But we talk about light and darkness and what it looks like to fellowship with the Lord and what that word actually means, fellowship. It can be you know thrown around a lot in Christian culture. And we talk about the light and the darkness and how they cannot coincide. They cannot be together and what it looks like to fellowship with the Lord and you know the fact that God, Jesus, came to fellowship with us. And honestly, we there's just so much that we dive into just looking into this first chapter in 1 John. And and it was a lot of fun to record, and we hope that you enjoy it as well. We are really glad that you're here, and we would love for you to pull up a chair, listen in, and join in the conversation. Hey, Kara. Hey, Mom. I'm so happy to be here. I know. Let's have a little (laughs) conversation. (laughs) Yes, we have been talking Um, for a long time, so it just feels like a... Continuation, Continu- even though right. we're not going to be talking about anything that we were just talking about. Okay, that made a lot of sense. But anyway, <laughs> in our conversation, I hope you've joined us. Uh, we are excited about, well, I am excited about uh, what we're going to talk about today because really and truly what we're talking about is something that I just kind of stumbled onto in Scripture and it's just started really sinking into my heart, and I started meditating on it and thinking about it. How did where did first yeah where did first John come from? Because in our Bible reading, we're all the way well in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, we're in the Old Testament, and I don't know. I just uh, started looking at some of my academia books, thinking about going back to seminary. I don't know that I've told you that yet. No, you have not. Yeah, and um, I was just looking at some of them. And I just started looking at what each book uh, message was about, like what First Peter was about and what was John, the Gospel of John about, and what was Mark about and what was their bent and why was they writing uh, their letter and what was the purpose behind and the theme, I guess, in that. And hmm. I don't know, I just got on to First John. And what was the theme of First John? Do you remember? I know what the theme of First John is, uh, yes. But what I want to say about First John is that John's heart was about telling and proclaiming to the world that Jesus is God. Well, wasn't that all of them? Because, like, well, well, I mean, obviously they all knew that Jesus was God. And Jesus was the Messiah, but like even when you look at the the Gospel of John, when he starts out, he starts out, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And he starts Jesus' life telling about Jesus from the fact that Jesus was in heaven and came to earth. And then the other Gospels begins Jesus' life, 
either, you know, with the genealogy in Bethlehem or, yeah. and well, that or but mostly or, Earth. Yeah, that right, they were right. here. He was here on Earth, and then yeah, he talks a lot about his div- his divinity is what he John is right that he uh, is really God. tries mm-hmm. to emphasize. Yeah, like yeah, his divine nature. And, yes, and that's really his message. A lot of people that read John, which you get so much out of John. Is, I love John. Have I yeah, said this I know, on yeah. here before? Yeah, well, I love them. I don't. I don't know of any Bible. I mean, I do feel like that, that we've talked about yet that you do not love. <laughs> and I told you before, I love the fact that you know, love godly like men. But I don't feel like I don't feel that way with all of them. I don't feel that way about Peter. I mean, I don't have any, you know, anything against Peter. I just mean, it just feels like I do say that a lot. But I, I don't you really feel, do. I don't I'm just feel glad that you way don't about love Judas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel that I'm way. I'm just glad Judas is not. I'm just glad Judas is not one of your favorites. But anyway. <laughs> I um I will say that John talks about the love of God. He talks about Jesus loving us and that his heart is love. He is love. So there's a warmthness in my opinion. He even calls himself, you know, the beloved, you know, right. his, he, you know, the the beloved disciple. Which I feel like we kind of I'm sure we touched on that we have a talked little, about that. when we went through John, the actual mm-hmm. cuz we're not we're talking about first John today, but That's right. That's right. the gospel of John. The big, the big John book. But what when you get on down to the first John, you know, we start talking about first John. He's writing, and he's got like three little first, second, and third John, and they're very short. But what really got my eye, I think, is because you know I'm researching and writing a new book, and ooh, spoiler, got, I know. So you haven't really, said that. I feel like we just brushed past that, which we have. I mean, we, don't we really did because it. I do really don't want to talk about the book okay. yet. Um, but I am doing some research. So, in my research, got me to First John, and I started, you know, just reading the first chapter, and I kind of divided it up a little bit because the very first uh, part, like chapter one, verses one to four, I just kind of wrote in there that uh, John is talking about who Jesus is, and what I loved about it, it says. Uh, that from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked up on and touched him with our hands. It was as if John is starting out this letter saying, hey, listen, I am going to speak with you with authority because I have seen him. Because the people he's talking to, they had not. And uh, I think it was written like around um, 90 AD. And so Jesus is loved. And I, I love the fact that Here's John proclaiming the truth about Jesus, but he's saying, you got to listen to me because I've seen him, I've heard him, I've touched him. Like, I have been an eyewitness here. And he begins to talk about, you know, Jesus. And I just, I don't know, it just kind of made me think about him saying to people that might question Jesus as, you know, who he was and what was going on. In his life, and what was the purpose of Jesus, and what did Jesus do, and you know, why is everybody talking about Jesus, that kind of thing? And so, to me, it was just as if John was like, you know, starting out making a disclaimer almost to the fact of, I am going to tell you this truth because I've seen it and I've heard it. And I think, you know, so often when we talk about people's lives and what Jesus has done in their lives, and we hear about their testimonies. We hear about what God has done. And, you know, maybe we might look at someone's life and think, well, God's done that in your life, but he may not do it in my life. But 
but there is there's definitely a an impact of how powerful a story is, you know, of what God's done in our lives. And so I just, I don't know, I guess in some ways the way that I started reading that, I could almost feel like seeing John standing up and telling this crowd, even though he's writing a letter, but in my mind I was thinking mm-hmm. about him standing up and just saying, you really need to listen to me because I've seen it. And, you know, eyewitnesses even today make a real impact on the validation of whatever they're saying. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I've talked about how much I love my crime or my true crime podcast and TV shows. And yeah, the like evidence and mm-hmm. firsthand accounts, those that carries a lot of weight. Um, yeah. And I think that that's what John was trying to say when he says, I've heard and, um, and I've seen it and I've heard it. And then, you know, I just started looking at, uh, you look at verse 3, it says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim. And I thought, you know, that's really what we're supposed to do. What God's done in our lives, we're supposed to tell it. Uh, and it's not about building up ourselves, or it's not about, you know, maybe what God is doing. Sometimes, often, the story gets more of an impact or what, you know, like a miracle, mm-hmm. if God's done something, a miracle in somebody's life, the miracle almost gets the front seat, you know, it almost carries more weight than the one that did the miracle, saying to Jesus. And I don't know, I just, I think, you know, in writing the book and thinking about doing the podcast and some of the things that, you know, God's called us to do, I thought, you know, we should be proclaiming the name of Jesus. We should be proclaiming what he said and learning what he says. Yeah, I think there's a difference in, like we really, and I I, I'm a, I don't know 100% if this statement is true, but we really don't see the New Testament writers trying to convince their audiences they more so are speaking out of this place of they are so convinced because of mm-hmm. what they have experienced, because of who they know Jesus to be, because of what has happened in their own lives. And they that's what John is saying is like, I we can't not say it. You know, we are proclaiming mm-hmm. what we have seen, what we have heard. And that can be convincing in and of itself, but they're they don't speak out of this place of what they have not experienced. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I think like sometimes we can try to convince, I mean, anything, not even talking about, you know, the gospel, but you know, there are things where it's like, we want to try to convince someone of something, even if it's a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it may not be something that we can really speak to out of our own experience, but we just want to convince, you know, this person or these people, whatever it may be. So anyway, I was like thinking about that of when you're, you're talking about you know, that verse three of like, that really is all the New Testament writers. Like mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. they're right. not trying to convince you or me or the people they're writing to, like, they're not trying to convince them of anything just for the sake of convincing them. You know, it's like, they are just so convinced that they can't not tell someone that in and of itself carries, you know, it goes far and people that can convince or show someone, you know, who Jesus is and, you know, all that. But what it was really boiling down to is like, they are just so convinced that they can't not, you know, talk about it. Right. And and that, I mean, it's a great point. Thank you. You 
You are really on top today. Uh, you, you really did. Seriously, that's so funny because it's really actually was in one of my books that I had for class. But is because they really were not trying to convince people. The further away that that Jesus' life, the fu- you know, I mean, it's been two thousand years since you know, we're more having to convince people or you know give them more knowledge. But, you know, I think as the world has gotten now, instead of the knowledge of about who God is, now we we really stress the faith. And that's one of the things that's kind of been in my mind these couple of days is how, I mean, how important faith is. Don't get me wrong. Faith is, you know, we got to have faith in Jesus as being the Messiah and who He is. But the knowledge of Him and understanding what He's did, like John is saying, is he's telling them, like, I was there, I've seen what he did. And you're right, you know, it's not like they were trying to convince yeah, them that he I, was that. But Because I think that they're, like, in some ways, it's almost like it's they, okay, this is so not the best way to say this, so bear with me, let me get it, the whole thought out. Okay. But it's almost as if they don't really care if they convince you or not, because it's not, they're like, that's your choice. I like I don't know why you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I don't know why mm-hmm. you you know because of what they are so convinced of and who they have seen Jesus to be. And I think that is something that I have seen in churches and in ministries and just you know believers as a whole is we it's almost like we take this like it personal or like it's on us or we're not doing something right. And you don't see that at all in the Gospels where they, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's. I don't mean like they don't care. I think they cared because they're like, this is the best way to live. This is the best way. There's nothing better to give your life for because of what they have experienced and because of who they know Jesus to be. But they didn't, they were so able to just like that whole dust their feet off, you know, like if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to accept this and they, you know, move on to the next city or the next place. To just keep well, telling people. Yeah, they don't beat people over the head, and they don't try to really persuade them, manipulate them. Right. You know, to, to That's they what I mean by, like, work on not, their emotions. Yeah, like, they're not trying to, like, get you a place. Or, so they're just kind of like, oh, right, well, if you don't believe it, then, you know, that's on you. But, <laughs> right. But, you know, this is this is interesting, Kara, because really in First John, he's talking about and convincing people that Jesus was, you know, he never sinned. But that he does talk about that this message that we heard, which I read, is that God is light and in him there's no darkness. But then he also begins to say that, you know, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourselves and the truth's not in us. So he, he is talking about a little bit about your performance and what you're doing. In other words, what yeah, I'm not talk- John is yeah, yeah, what John is saying is if this is what you say, then you should live it like this. There there's no difference in a person's life. And what John is approaching is saying there's no difference in the way that I behave and what I believe in. And in now in our world, there's a huge difference. A lot of people say they believe in something, but they don't live it. And we see a lot of people that proclaim a certain truth or proclaim their position or that they're Christian or they believe Jesus, but yet they don't really walk in that way. They don't right. really... Their lives does not always match up with what they say. Right. And so with John, that's kind of what John is talking about because John is saying, you know, in, in God, 
you know, there's no darkness. Like there's well, he nothing. Said, if we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, then we're lying and we don't do not practice the truth. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. He's got a little bit of no. Peter in him in that moment. Little Paul, I mean. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing though that is important to point out in this is he's not saying if you sin, then you're not no. then you're not practicing truth or you're not lying. It's the it's the habitual, it's the day in, day out. Like you are actively walking in darkness. You're actively walking, you know, like you know what to do, but you're not doing it. You know, like Yeah, correct? it is a it's a is a so like a lifestyle continually lifestyle. Yeah. It's, it's a lifestyle. Now you know, again, and and you'll see this all through First John. We may have to do a couple of chapters in First John because it really is. It goes on into that thing about and that theme of that we're not to walk in the darkness. We're supposed to live out what we believe. And you know, he says, if you say you don't sin, then you're deceiving yourself. You're you're lying. So he's not saying that a person that is a believer or follower of Jesus does not sin. But what you're saying is Or struggle is with darkness. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, and you might walk in a little bit of a darkness for a period of time. But he's not, so he's not saying that you're sinless. You Only Jesus is sinless. Right. But what he's saying is if you continue to walk in that, if you stay in this darkness, then and you say you're a Christian, then, you know, you're really lying to yourself. Because, again, we call it, you know, nowadays we'll say, well, you'll know them by their fruits or you'll know the way they act or, you know, they may say one thing, but they're hypocrites because they don't really live it. And so we judge people a lot of times based on their actions. Well, Mm -hmm. everybody gets so mad about that. That's not a Christian thing to do. But in reality, it really is because there is a certain uh, lifestyle and there's certain things as as a follower of Jesus we should do, and we should do, uh, yeah. do that. And so and I, he's not saying, now listen to this first. He's not saying that you're not supposed to uh, feel like you're never sinned. But what he is saying is if you say and you continue to walk in darkness, not in the light, not in the way that God would have, because, you know, light, he's talking about Jesus. So light means if you're not walking in and with Jesus, if you're not walking in truth, and you continue to do that, and and you say that you're a believer, or that you say, "Oh, I don't sin," then you're a liar, and I, and those are strong words. But I think yeah. it's something for us to sit back and and think about. I think we should take heed to it. Well, um, what I I see out of it is a couple of things. One, I was literally just talking to a friend earlier this morning who loves the Lord mm-hmm. and would say that he is a follower of Jesus, but he has some very deep addictions to some pretty like serious things. Mm-hmm. And it is a struggle. Like that is a darkness that he is, he walks through and, you know, it could be some, one of those things where it's like, so I think like there are those, you know, things that it, it's like what you're saying is like, it's not, you know, you could look at that and be like, oh, well, you're not a believer because you, you know, struggle with this like deep addiction, but he's fighting to get, you know, like he's trying to take these steps, you know, like there's this a very, there's a lot of strongholds in that, you know, there's a lot of well, things that he's having this. to, you know what I'm saying? So I like, it's like, I'm thinking of like that conversation where it's like, no, he's not, 
I mean, I don't know his the state of his soul. I'm not the Lord. I'm not trying to judge that. But I just mean like I think that there's a difference in someone who is really fighting and, you know, in some hard situations versus someone mm-hmm. who's like, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus. But then you are actively, you know, you're walking in a manner that he would not well, want here, you walk in. Right. And Here's what I want to say. Number one, as a follower of Jesus— which what's, means we need to know what he says. We need to know his teaching, and we need to do it. We need to live, and we need to be obedient to what, and and try, uh, and allow the Holy Spirit to shape us and conform us to the image of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. This as a follower of Jesus, performance and our what we do and the choices that we make should line up with our confession of a faith. Um, that's what. Uh, John's talking about. We proclaim this. This is what he said. It's not what John said. It's not John's standard. This mm-hmm. is what God said. And so, then I think too is that if you practice, if you do not practice the truth, then that's talking about just consistently living it. But he never says you're not a believer. He says you're fellowship. You do not mm-hmm. have fellowship. And mm-hmm. so when you look at First John, and you're not practicing one, the truth, and you're yeah. not practicing right. the truth, and we all know this: when we're not living, or we have a situation in our lives that we're really living out of the flesh, we're not really trusting the Holy Spirit. Then you're not we're not practicing the truth. Yeah, you're not practicing the truth, yeah. and your fellowship is that we feel down, we feel uh, right. we're emotional, we're fearful, we're, we're having a hard time trusting God, and so. What John is saying is, you know, look, I heard him. I heard him say this. I saw him teach this. I've even touched him. I've been with him. And there's just times in our lives that people want to twist what God says based Mm -hmm. on our culture and -hmm. based on what we think and we have an opinion. And, you know, God's never asked our opinion of what (laughs) we think he should do. I mean, and matter of fact, he even gets— very upset if we proclaim that he said it and he didn't. Yes, you know, so we have, not, not only is it not, that, I great. mean, that is not a good thing. Yeah, don't want to so, do that. Just go ahead and no, just say that he didn't say it just to be on the safe side. <laughs> exactly. Like, I think he said this, but yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, don't hold me to it. But I think the main thing is we are in a culture right now and in a situation, and the further that we get away from knowing what Jesus said and what he meant and what he wanted to do, the further away that we get not understanding and know the truth, that's why we talk about Scripture, is easier for us to decide what mm-hmm. truth is for ourselves and our opinions or how we feel. We are really driven by our, our feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we get into a situation then that now we have decided what our, the guidelines are, what a, how a Christian should live or how a Christian yeah. should live. Yeah, well, I think that is But like, let, me get, let me say something about your friend first. Oh, okay. The, you know, because nobody can say uh, they know someone's heart. God knows someone's heart, and God knows if that person has given their life right. to, them, to him. I just would go based so, off what I've been told. That's yeah. Right. Like and, that's and, and I'm not saying he's not, or he is. He's yeah, not. I don't know. I mean, it's not our place to do that. That's why God yeah. didn't ask us. But what I will have to say is this. The fact that he struggles with it, the 99.9% of people 
that want to say that they're Christians, but they want to live the way they want to live, mm-hmm. they don't usually struggle with it. They don't. Right. They, they just late. They may like, know, and yeah, they may know in their head, oh, this isn't good. I should change. Right. I, they're more about behavior modification. Yeah, and they're more like I need to change because it's not good for me. Other than. I'm knowing that this isn't what God wants, right? And I and I, I want to do what is the right thing. So I don't know about your friend, but I'm just saying. Yeah, well, if, I guess I was just pointing out, like, the, I think darkness. But again, it's also like when he is in those moments, and in those dark moments, it's he's not practicing the truth just as much as when I'm yeah. in my own dark moments and not. And I think the bottom line is, and he's the, not right with God. He's not right. in fellowship with God, that, right? And, and, and so you're it's like not. It's, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I think one of the like broader bottom lines is the light and darkness cannot dwell together. Mm-mm. Like that is one of the truths. They don't that John, even like each other. Yeah. Like you cannot, they cannot coexist. You know, you cannot. And I think that's like a hard, I don't even know how to like even, I couldn't explain that further if you asked me to. <laughs> just <laughs> well, like, here's It's one of those things is. where it's like, I just know that's true. I don't know how that works and operate. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, Again, I don't know how to explain and that. Scripture but scripture tells us that yeah. the light hates the darkness because the light always overcomes the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so there's this war between darkness and light. And, um, you know, what God always says, we should walk in the light. And I think that that's one of the reasons that Jesus was saying, you know, I am the way and the truth and the life. He does talk about being light. He does talk about being the bread, you know, everything that you need. I mean, he uses the things that we could really could relate to to show us who he is. And I think that, you know, with these things of what, and even just in First John, you know, instructions and things to learn is that we're to walk in the light. We're, mm-hmm. we're supposed to walk in the light, which in reality, we're in Christ, so in Christ is in us. We're supposed to walk with that, and so walking means fellowship. Walking when you're walking with someone, it means you're you know going in the same direction. Then he also tells us that you know we should confess our sins and proclaim his message, and you know get along with other believers. That's all in First First John one, and I think that that's something that we need to stop back and think about this, like. You know, well, I think the I'm, biggest thing is going is going off of what Jesus said. Like, I think that is probably one of the biggest. I think that might be one of the biggest hurdles. I don't know if that's the right word, but in our culture now, is we there are so many opinions, and like you said before, mm-hmm. like God doesn't want like it is. You know, the, these gospel writers are, and not just gospel, but the New Testament writers are really just talking about like, hey, this is like, take it up with Jesus, take it up with God. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is just what I, this is what he has said. This is what I've experienced based off of my experience with him. And I think that is one Mm -hmm. thing that Christians today, and I'm, you know, preaching to the choir over here. I know I've done this myself at times, but just giving opinions and not just sticking to, and I'm not saying opinions are bad, but I just mean if you are, I, I'm thinking about this conversation I had with a friend last night who is in a very similar season I am in. We're in different season. one of those, like it's different, but what she was struggling with, I felt like I didn't really have a lot to offer in terms of hope because I'm like, uh, I'm dealing with the exact same fears and, you know, hopelessness and situations and that sort of thing. And it was like, all I knew to say was, this is just what God says. I don't can't say mm-hmm. that I'm 100% like, you know, like I'm fighting to believe this myself. But it was like, all I knew to say is, I just know this is what God has said. 
And that doesn't mean, like, I don't know what that means in terms of how things are going to work out. I can't speak to how life is going to turn out, but I just know that God says to bring us our hearts, you know, to like lay it all before him. And I know that he says to draw close to him and he will draw close to us. And, you know, like that kind of thing. And I think that is something. Here's what what I want to say this. Our experience does not shape God's truth. Our experience is our experience. And so, I thank you. I think <laughs> that what we have to say, and I say this all the time, I didn't write the book. I didn't write the, you know, the Bible. I just teach it. And, and I'm looking at what did God say. I know how I feel. But if we are coming up with our belief systems based on how we feel, that's going to change all the time. And mm-hmm. It's based on maybe our experiences and not on truth. And so sometimes our experiences does match up with the truth, but not always. So it's not Mm -hmm. like a firm foundation here. And I think as I was looking at, you know, 1 John 1, and what really got my attention is if I want to feel close to God, if I want to feel like I'm in, you know, what what John uses the word fellowship, and for me, you know, we don't use that word very much, but to me it just means I just feel closeness. I feel like we're, you know, we're, especially I was thinking about walking with God. You have to, you know, walk, when you're walking with someone and you're having a conversation with them, you're going in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Amos 3.3, where it says, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? In other words, how can you go in the same direction unless you both agree to do that? And so I think that for me, when I was reading that, it says that if we walk in the light, you know, that we have that intimacy, we have that fellowship with God, and not with only with God, but with other people. And uh, But if we say that we don't, you know, we can't sin, then we're deceiving ourselves. And I think there's honesty there. I think what that's saying is you have to be honest and say, I'm just not going in that direction. Yeah, what's really interesting is I just looked up the Greek word for that word fellowship, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it because I mm-hmm. do not speak Greek. Um, because there's a lot of what does it have an English meaning? <laughs> but what it means is it's a very it's an intimacy and it actually yeah. refers to intercourse. Like that's how intimate okay, there you go. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm like, well, there you go. But um, it's 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 speaking to yes. the intimacy of that. Like there's this closeness, there's a communion, fellowship, association, like a joint participation. So mm-hmm. it's you know, both it's both sides of it. It's a mutual. I, I don't know. I like that joint participation. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, it's using, it's using the yeah, it's using the word intercourse to emphasize the intimacy part of it. Like there is a closeness and a oneness. A oneness. Like when yeah. you are a oneness with someone, you know, you're going in the same path. You want the same things. You mm-hmm. desire the same things. You you know, you're there's no conflict. And I, and I think when you were saying about light and darkness. They don't like each other. It says, you know, darkness hates the light. So it's not just that, you know, hey, light's better than dark. You know, it's not because it is because light always, no matter what, if you go into a dark room and you, no matter how small, if you did a match in a dark room, it's still going to take off some of that. Yeah. So it's not what's more powerful than the other as much as it it is. is it gives it a highlight. It helps you to move forward. Well, light if, is more know, powerful than darkness, though. Well, it is that. It is that, but that's not really the the whole that's not point. The point. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I mean, the point we all know is 
God's more powerful. His truth right. is more powerful. But they can't coincide. They can't. They cannot um, do that. But more yeah. important, I just want to say this, it's talking about walking in the light. If we're wanting to move forward in our Christian walk, if we want to move forward in our intimacy with the Lord, if we want to move forward in our holiness and, and how we live and our choices that we make, if we don't want to be enslaved into some of the struggles that enslave us, then we have to walk in the light. We have to walk in the truth, and the truth is what God God is truth, and what He says is true. And it's, well, to I me, think, I guess one of the things is that Nobody knows what he said. Well, yeah, and I think it's like, okay, asking him to be like, are there points of darkness in your life that maybe you don't even yes. know about? And maybe, because I, there probably are just because we have mm-hmm. sin. You know, it's like we can't say we don't have sin. So it's like, but we also, I don't think we can really know what that sin is or what that darkness is unless he shows us, unless he tells yeah. us. Because and light shines we don't, on there. Right, it's like you can't know, I don't, just don't know that you can really know what darkness is without the light, you know? Well, you can't because if you if you stay in the dark room long enough, you'll be able your to see. Your eyes adjust. Yeah, your eyes your adjust. Eyes adjust. It's crazy. Yeah, and but when light comes in and you're in the dark, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, turn the light off because it's too light. You know, it's that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's, that's part of the Holy Spirit's job is to lead us into the truth and to highlight the darkness or whatever it is. But what I would say is this— is that it could be a great indication, even though I said don't go by your feelings. But I do think that sometimes the depression and the sadness and the fear and the lack of trust and well, I think our emotions, know, confusions, and all of that could be yeah, it could be signals. Yeah, I think our emotions are different than like being ruled by our emotions. And I mean, there is a great. I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before, but there is a great book on emotions, The Heart, uh, The Heart Book by Chip Dodd. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you do, because you have it. You've read it. I have every book. <laughs> anyway, we'll put it in the description. But it is—it's so good at like because yes, our emotions are—they are to direct, like to show us what is actually going on in our hearts in order to bring it to the Lord. You know, like okay. So let me tell you this. When I say you're not driven by your emotions, that's what we're talking about. We're not controlled by them. I'm not saying that we don't acknowledge them or we don't the voice try of the to heart. stuff them. The voice of the heart. Yeah. We don't try to you know, stop uh, not having any emotions. That's very, yes. that's very dark. No, I know actually. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that causes, yeah, I mean, depression is suppressed emotions. I mean, yeah, and so you do not want that. That's this darkness. Right. But, but you don't want to be controlled by them. Your emotions is not a signal that what you are believing is true. What is right. A I know, yeah, you're saying is like, we is. can't trust mm-hmm. our emotions to be true. Like we can, we might feel like, oh, this is the right thing and it could be, I don't know. The we worst could thing be ever. deceived mm-hmm. by, yeah. I mean, anyway, yeah. That's a whole. And I, and I think that that's really what you know is just reading the first chapter. It's it's a lot. I know, and you know, I think that there are some promises even in the first chapter that we could really, you know, really hold on to. Which it means if we confess our sins, you know, we're forgiven. That's a promise. And there's a promise that we'll be able to walk with God. I think that's huge. Um, as a promise that we can watch walk in light. That's a promise. I, I think, you know, we don't have to say, well, I can never 
you know, I don't know the Bible, therefore I can't walk in the light. Yeah. You know, you know, Jesus, you, you know, you can ask God to show you what is true and what's not. Well, I think one thing that we could like end on, and I usually end it, but what that word fellowship also means, another element of that definition is a gift jointly contributed. Like in other words, mm-hmm. fellowship is a gift that is enjoyed by each party. And I think that's like a beautiful thing. And that's kind of the whole point of why Jesus even came is because he gladly wanted to give us the gift of being able to be in fellowship with him, not only to enjoy, enjoy not only to mm-hmm. enjoy him, but because he truly enjoys us. Like there is a mm-hmm. joint, there's a joint contribution and it's a joint, it's a gift for both. I mean, it's a gift to the Lord, which is mind blowing to think about if you really sat on it, that the fact that we could give the Lord anything, mm-hmm. but that's what he wants. I mean, if he didn't want it, he didn't have to come die for us in order to be close to us. But anyway, I just I was like, it, I, I think just saw that and I thought that was a, a cool, I don't know. I just wanted to like kind of end on that of like the fact that this fellowship is a gift that is jointly mm-hmm. contributed. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I do, and I do think, I do think that, you know, first John is telling us that, you know, number one, I think he's t- is telling us that God is holy. He's not just, you know, he's not going to just turn the other way and not, you know, acknowledge um, that we're doing wrong, and he wants us to acknowledge it. But I think if we look back, I always look at this and say, what's this tell me about who God is? And I just, you know, thought, well, he's holy, and he's, you know, a God that forgives. But just exactly what you said, Kara, I think he's a God that desires to enjoy me and for me to enjoy him. And I think so often we don't see God in that way. But I think what a great gift it is, as you were saying, in life is to be able to think that not only does God delight in me, which is hard to imagine, but that he wants me to delight in him. And I think that one of the things that keeps us from enjoying and delighting in him is walking in darkness. And I think we need to be very careful in the way that we walk and making sure that the things that we do is the things that God is desiring of us. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. 